You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, formerly of many a uh, Cleveland Indian blog, including Indians Baseball Insider. And we have uh, my co-host, Pat Ellington, who is now uh, at many sites himself, including Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, nice to have you on. Fun chance to talk baseball on so far an evening that's been fun if you're an Indians fan for baseball. How you doing, Pat? Um, I'm doing well. I'm just kind of happy to be here after a hectic weekend where I had to cover a couple games and stuff like that and some learning experiences and, and things that happen. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm doing very well right now. I can't complain. You know, just to dive into this game today, uh, right now, full disclosure, it's uh, six to one in the seventh as uh, I have it on. In the, I don't have the sound on, so you don't have to worry about background, but just the visual in the background with this game today, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand on mic about, or off mic, I should say, I'm completely messing up the uh, the language there, but off mic, just about like looking at this game and some of the storylines. And one of the things I'm like, oh, we should stop talking and save for the show is the potential hot take. Uh, you know, I, I know you have some stats to back this up, but since uh, when Brandon Reyes went down, it was, you know, for me, it was huge alarm bells because the Indians had two guys who were above average hitters on the team. Uh, we needed, we, the Indians needed someone to step up. And, you know, when, if you're listening to the broadcast, when I was, I mentioned since he's moved into the two spot, he's hitting over 300. Uh, it feels like, is Ahmed Rosario right now the second best hitter on this team? Um, well, he definitely has been since Fireman went down. And it's sad to say so um, themselves, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, since we've exited, April, um, since we exited April, yeah, he's been a pretty, he's been a pretty good hitter. And, you know, um, when you look at the triple level stats, it says something different. But when you look at the advanced stats, they kind of tell you different stories, especially when you look at the splits and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Amir Rosario is, um, it seems like he's been around forever, but he's only 25. He has a lot of intriguing tools. He has very high pedigree and, you know, uh, perfectly common to everyday player is a very valuable player no matter what, whether it be whether you're trying to win or you're looking for somebody that you can use as a trade chip down the line. So, um, yeah. yeah I, I you, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's, we talked about how good he is as a hitter and, and you have a very good point that he's so incredibly young. His athleticism is just also – he. You know, it's hard to quantify sometimes best pure athlete on a team. He's at least in the conversation for it, I think, with the Indians. The things he can do, you know, he's got that triple tonight. He's up to four on the year. I was kind of curious to see. I feel like he probably leads the Indians in triples. But that's, you know, you don't get there. There's a degree of luck with a triple, but you also get there because of just the type of athlete he is. Uh, He is, you know, just for a fun fact, I I was pulling up fan graphs. Uh, last year with the Mets, he had 20, uh, I'm sorry, 46 games so far this year. He's at 50 games, uh, four home runs for both, but his walk percentage 
went from 2.7 last year to 8% this year while dropping his strikeout percentage nearly four points. So he raised his walk percentage five, basically almost swapped the percentage switch there. And that's, that's part of why he went from like a 75 uh, WRC, uh, you know, runs created to a 92. Uh, it's exciting to see from the perspective that he could still just be scratching the surface. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's the thing where youth comes into play, even as someone who's already, he already has what, three or four seasons under his belt. Um, he's still learning against that age where he still can be in his prime and can still offer something. And I, then the system you brought up was like the carrying tool and to whatever really offered incentives because, you know, he was really playing center field, but when Andre Jimenez got sent down and he moved back to shortstop, um, Naturally, it's still important there because athleticism was born at, at shortstop just in the field. But it was um, the intensity of just as a base runner is more so where I see that athleticism right now, just kind of based on where he is. And his defense also looked a little bit better this year, also, which is very interesting to see. And, and it will be interesting to track as the season goes on. Um, the walk, the walk and strikeout rates are very, very great, and bring those up it gives you a lot of context on. Um, just how weird the 2020 season was and how we look at 2019, you saw the signs of life that he's showing this year, especially in the second half of 2019. Yeah, it's, and I think the other crazy thing just to throw out again, because at this point we're at a larger sample size than last year because of how weird last year was in general. Uh, he, so he had two, he had a higher batting average last year by six points. Mm -hmm. uh, but his on base this year is higher by almost it's higher by 38 points. Let's not do the almost it's 38 points higher. He had a higher bat pip last year. So uh, he was this year's bat pip is like the league average last year. And he's someone who does have good speed. So a 305 isn't like dramatic. Uh, you go back to those early years with the Mets where he was at 330, 310, 338. One could argue this year, even though he's playing better, he's walking more, that he has, relative to what you expect, been unlucky. Uh, there's a chance that we'll continue uh, to see just him, you know, balance out over the course of the year on top of just him slowly getting better. It's, you know, the, the trade was always going to hurt just because the players are involved. And I know, you know, there's been some really interesting pieces on Francisco Lindor in kind of the last three years of declining data with him. Uh, and there's some really interesting in-depth pieces you can find. And then Carrasco hasn't pitched this year. Uh, it still doesn't the, – the fact that they aren't playing well does not make that trade any easier for me just because those are two uh, fantastic Indians. Like, it, it's hard to see those type of guys go. With the struggles of Jimenez and then with the two other pieces being so far away, like, you're not going to see a Wolf or Green to, like, 2022 at the earliest. I'd, I'd know. 2023 probably at the earliest – uh, this is incredibly, uh, I'm not saying the Indians won this trade. It's way too far out to do this, but right now the best performing player, the most interesting guy in this trade is Ahmed Rosario. At this point in time, he is offensively at least, and his defensive value is not bad compared to years past. He's outperforming Lindor. Um, yeah, so. Lindor's actually been on a hot streak of his own lately. So um, is he? I missed this past weekend. I, I kind of yeah. saw him when everyone was piling on. Yeah, he's, he's gonna figure he's, it out. He's gonna figure it out. It's, it's Francisco Lindor. Um, yeah, he's. You know, it the rut. 
we could probably do a whole segment on the stupidity of the rush to like, yeah, I, I want to use win trades and losing trades and stuff like that. Well, it's yeah. it's not even that. It's like people wanted to. It's like the only word I can think of is is like crucify. I can't think of a better word for it. Uh, it's I grew up Catholic. It's a word that's in my lexicon. Uh, but people really wanted to like just bury him, and not just Cleveland too, and not just Mets fans. There was a rush to bury Lindor. Uh, so I, you know, I thought a lot of the pieces on him were interesting. I thought it was worth reading and looking at some of the stuff because it, some of the things they were talking about with his his launch angle and his contact is stuff. I'm just not as knowledgeable, uh, like the nitty gritty of like, I'd like to get more knowledgeable in those areas, mm-hmm. but uh, it was weird. Like this is a guy who has, no, this isn't like Trevor Bauer who like Trevor Bauer is kind of a jerk. Uh, let's, you know, I've, I've, I've said that before uh, and it's true. Like he's a bully. This isn't, uh, you know, what happened with Marzellus. And there's no, Francisco Lindor is just a happy dude who smiles all the time uh, and loves baseball. He should be a, a face of the game, not a person that. And it wasn't just Cleveland. It, people were looking to bury this guy. It was odd. Yeah, it is. Um, I feel like whenever players get a chance to make a big amount of money like that, no matter what the sport is, you're going to have people like that because there's always those group of sports fans who think that. Um, players are overpaid and, you know, they don't really care about how much the owners are making um, no matter what. Um, and there's also, I think what really, really hurt Lindor was the fact that he was so outspoken during the 2020 season about everything that was going on in baseball from a, from a racial perspective, whether it was kneeling or how bulky he was with the media about why him and his teammates are doing what they were doing. And I also think the um, call me Francisco, not Frankie comment he made when he first got to New York was a really, really, that was the kind of the, the shot that brought the camel's back for me. I, I'm trying to not call him Frankie, but I still do it. I feel like I no. might've said it a few times in there. Yeah. I mean, it happens. I still call him Frankie as well on the record and off the record, but I mean, it's, I, it, go ahead. You go first. Okay. All right. I can't help, but be compelled to, understand his argument just from the, the fact that about about the anglophone bias in baseball yes and also someone like him who has sit on record and off the record how many times how how much he wants to emulate his fellow afro-latino from puerto rico roberto clemente and, you know there's always a story about clemente being called bobby on a baseball card and how he called the baseball car factory and all that and got to clear it up and stuff and that's just important to me just from a struggle standpoint. It's kind of based on me as a as a fellow individual African descent to Francisco and Roberto. And also how um, perception plays anything just based on the subconsciously plays into how people react to certain things just based on what a player looks like and where he comes from. No, and I saw a lot of people be like, why, you know, he had six years to correct us. Why didn't he say anything? It's Sometimes it's about confidence. Sometimes it's about, you know, this is, I mean, we've all hit points in our lives. I don't know how many people I knew growing up who changed from like Andy to Andrew. People grow up and change and decide how they want to be called or, you know, that made me think about, uh, used to be Jason now, hopefully I don't say this wrong, uh, Adofe Owe, who was the Penn State lineman, where he's like, okay, I'm drafted. Now you all have to learn how to say my name. I'm not Jason anymore. I'm not doing the easy thing. You have to learn 
Oh no, go ahead. I'm like, I kind of, I didn't kind of, I loved it. I was like, okay, so I need to, you know, I, that's why I was I'm hoping I said his first name, right. But uh, I thought that was like a really enlightening time or, you know, an enlightening thing that occurred uh, in football, not baseball, but worth pointing out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so just to follow up with that, I feel like people are allowed to change what they want to be called whenever they want. I mean, it's just up to them. I mean, we're human beings. It, the fact that people were so willing to be up in arms over his name, um, it's kind of a microcosm when I was switching itself. But um, just, yeah, I mean, what you said, um, there, just to give you another example, it's very common. I mean, all sorts of sports. Um, you had a former catcher in the Indians harm system, um, Taiwanese guy who changed his name to his indigenous name recently. And it was a very long and, and tedious name to say. And yes, and he, caught, he caught issues over it. Um, I need to look it up because he had like, he had like Chen. Oh, this is, I'm going to sound terrible. I'm not going to say what I feel like his last name, like, was, I'll, I'll look him up for you. And, and it's interesting, you know, why you look that up. It, it's like, if you can look at Yu Chen Chang, his brother has a, you know, a different, Spelling of, of Chang. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they both chose to spell it differently. It's like there's even things like it, it's your moniker. You should be able to make it what you want. I agree with you. I That's what I try to catch myself from saying, Frankie, it slips. But I, I try to pay attention and be aware enough of that. And I think it's anyone who decides that they want to change their name or honor someone differently. Uh, you know, there's a long history. I, I can go back to being a kid is a Browns fan when Michael Jackson, the receiver changed his name and then changed it back, you know, things like that. It's uh, while we have this moment here, actually, it's a perfect time to take a quick break for one of our sponsors. Uh, let's talk about uh, well, we have two here at the beginning. Uh, take this moment. Let's talk about locker room. So locker room is an app that some of the locked on hosts jump on and you can get it currently for iOS or Android. Android is an extreme beta. I will warn you, you want to download that for free and they have orbits and you can go find like Cleveland sports orbit. You can find NFL, MLB, uh, all sorts of areas. They do stuff about like shows like reality TV, television shows. And what's cool is if you're the host in there, you, you know, there's a chat, but there's also like, you can give other people the right to speak. There is always some danger with that, let's be honest, but it, it's a chance to sometimes, like some of the lockdown hosts, I know one of them does like a, uh, a trivia game in there. Uh, I had a fantastic conversation a few weeks ago. Only one guy showed up, but uh, he was a Japanese American in North Carolina, and he and I ended up spending an hour and a half talking about baseball and Japanese players and Alex Ramirez in particular. If that sounds like something fun, you'd like to occasionally hop in and just chat about baseball for a few hours. I'm typically on Saturday evenings, so go check out the Locker Room app today. Our other sponsor is Lucy Nicotine. Uh, it is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nic nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. So the whole thing here is, if you're familiar with, it, it's an alternative. Cigarettes can be really annoying. Uh, there's all the dangers with vape, we find out. So instead, this is one of those as an alternative when they're trying to just switch from the cigarettes. They have a gum, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They have a lozenge, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. They are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can get them pre-tax. Uh, Locked on MLB network listeners, go to lucy.co. Use the promo code Locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including those gums or lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code Locked on MLB at checkout. 
Also, I have to give this disclaimer, warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use the promo code Locked On. For the break, we were talking about the the names and the players. You know, I was realizing as we were discussing this, the uh, the other player I kind of left off mentioning, and I think it's because he's not playing today, but then he's number two hitter of late. Uh, maybe you should take some time. I I was incredulous, probably nicely is the way to put it about the Harold Ramirez edition. Uh, I had seen him be an interesting prospect way back in the day with the pirates. He got hurt and went to Toronto to Florida and he had been kind of a middling guy, you know, back end of the top 100, really good speed, uh, some big exit velocity, but not really consistent power. So when they added him, I was like, I don't see the point. Uh, when they called him up, I was also every bit as mocking, like really we're going to mostly cause I wanted to see Daniel Johnson, but at the same time, what Harold Ramirez has done is he's not Daniel Johnson. He's the other part of the platoon with Jordan uh, Luplo getting being hurt and just ineffective for most of this year. Uh, he's filled into that role plus more. He's been more than just a platoon bat. I know I didn't originally put on our, when we were talking pre-show to talk Harold Ramirez, but I, when you're talking about Indians top bat over the past month, I feel like if I didn't mention him, there'd be a few fans out there who'd be rightfully calling me out for leaving him off. Uh, what have been your you know, your, in your chance to see him this year, what have been your thoughts or takeaways on Harold Ramirez? Um, in a lot of games that I've seen Harold Ramirez, he's shown that he was a true pickup. And when they first got him, I mean, he was just intriguing. And, and I mean, considering the lack of that the outfield has, um, I mean, it, it could be a lot worse than Harold Ramirez, um, just to be honest, just based on the, just based on who we've seen in the outfield the last decade. But that's a whole other story. But, that we've talked about so many times and um the exit velocity is intriguing he hits the ball over the place he seems to be able to make contact pretty well although i haven't looked at his k rates or anything like that ever um and i really don't know much about him from his minor league career either and he just seems to frequently hit the ball hard and he he comes into lineup in big spots and and kind of does things, and it it works. Um, he just kind of wait. I mean, if the other shoe drops, it does. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if he wants to be a good pickup, so I mean, it, it, I really have no um, reservations at all. I, like I said, I just feel like I was wrong. Like sometimes uh, you're right on things. Sometimes you're wrong. I know baseball doesn't all of us. So yeah, no. Uh, so he hasn't played enough to have more than uh, sprint speed outs above average and max exit velocity for Harold Ramirez so far this year. But the max exit velocity is 94. Sprint speed is 80, 88. Outs above average is only 20, but that's one of those things that can be small sample size swayed. Uh, I know there are probably people saying you're talking about the game today and you have not talked about uh, Bradley Zimmer's catch. I mean, other than saying go watch it, there's not much to say. It's uh, the catch Bradley Zimmer made in the game today is going to be one of the top five defensive highlights the Indians have all season. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. Uh, there, If you go over to Baseball Savant, because I went to get that other data there, they link out to the fact that there was a 5% catch probability for that Zimmer catch. So that's uh, just to give you an idea. He covered 29 feet per second, so he went 69 feet in 3.8 seconds. And that's when he was healthy. He looked like a potential Gold Glove center fielder. Uh, you can 
one thing I do love, and again, I'm going off of what I said we talked about at the start of the show, but when you talk about what Zimmer's doing there, and then you talk about uh, Ahmed Rosario, and you talk about Harold Ramirez, they're building an athletic squad. This is a team that can run other teams to death. If, if baseball had a tiebreaker that was just foot races, I don't think there's a team the Indians would lose to. It's an interesting approach that I, I think is going to pay off. But, uh, you know, what is your kind of thought on the Indians just kind of when all things are considered, they're going to go positionally for the best athlete they can find, it feels like right now? Um, I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, teams betting on athletes, it makes sense. I mean, tools are important. And guys that can – I mean, tools and, I mean, tools and skills are important, but guys that can amplify their skills with their – physical gifts i mean that that's what kind of separates the best from the best historically so um it, it, it just makes sense it's just i really don't know how to elaborate because yeah. it's just a it's a simple thing where it, it the proof is in the pudding but that makes sense no no i agree it's uh it's one of those things where we've had a few years where we didn't have a lot of great athletes so it's fun to see uh, you know, we're at a point in the show where we should take another quick break, talk about some of our fantastic sponsors. You know, Pat, I'm going to take the second and tell you one of the nice things about being a host here on Locked On is once hopefully you'll get your name in like the data banks is every few months we get a box from Built Bar and uh, it gets exciting in our group chat. Everyone gets excited because they're always uh, it'll be fun when you get to try them. Uh, they just sent us this grasshopper fudge, which is my favorite. The nice thing is it's a healthy bar uh, on my app, on my phone. It gives it a grade A, and it's delicious. I'll sit there and eat two, three a row. It's, it's almost like I can eat a protein bar as a dessert. Uh, I've talked about before, they're, you know, they're nut-free. They are, I, I don't do gluten, so they are gluten-free. They're And in spite of that, most gluten-free things I get, it's kind of like chewing cardboard. I'll be honest. I know it has improved. Built Bar is great. Everything about it is fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code locked on 15. That gets you 15% off your order. I buy this product as a return customer. I get 15% off. So you're getting the same discount a return customer gets. Go check out Built Bar for yourself. I've never had anyone come back to me after buying and say that uh, they regretted their purchase. Remember that is builtbar.com. That promo code is locked on 15. And our final sponsor is betonline.ag. Betonline is kind of, not is kind of, betonline is the official uh, partner for lockdown when it comes to anything that is sports gambling related, all of the, our lines, everything. So let's go see what tomorrow's uh, Cleveland Indians line versus the Cardinals is uh, Adam Wainwright, who has at, you know, soon to be age 40, somehow managed to stay effective mid major credit to him. And the Indians have JC Mejia up there who, you know, his own, his last start, he went three innings because they're still stretching him out. So it's not a surprise when oh, let me try that again. So it's not a surprise that uh, Mejia is getting a run and a half. The Indians are not the favorite in tomorrow's game over at betonline.ag because they have the inexperienced starter while the Cardinals have a guy who's been doing it for, you can almost say decades. Uh, if you want to go check out that or some other fantastic uh, action, things like casino, live casino, racebook, poker, esports. Go check out betonline.ag today. Use the promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus. That is betonline.ag promo code locked on. 
So Pat, I know you had a super busy weekend. You talked about that at the start of the show because you got to spend some time at Lake County. Uh, you know, what did you see? What stuck out to you? What got your attention over your trips this past weekend? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, about that. So the first game I covered was on Saturday, and that was a game where Lake County got blew all fifteen to four. Not and, uh, who was on the mound. Um, so it was a bullpen game just because okay. you know they were banged up. So Kevin Coulter was on the mound for the Indians. Um, got drafted in late in twenty nineteen draft. Um, you might know who he is because you're the draft savant. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it was a bullpen game, and they kind of went through four or five guys. Yeah. And then um, the game on Sunday was another blow game, except the captains won fifteen to four. So I mean, but I mean that game was a lot more interesting because Mason Hickman was on the mound and um, Joe Donovan was behind the plate. And shout out Joe Donovan, by the way, um, undrafted free agent catcher who was um, signed by the Indians at a Michigan University. Um, really was, cool guy. Um, he. Uh... You say that and it, like it, it trip, but like he is that guy. I felt so sorry to interrupt you. I just, I, I, I hope he does well. I feel so bad for him and so many players like him who in a normal draft year, he gets like a hundred thousand dollars because he's an athletic guy who people have been following since high school, but because the draft is only five rounds, like he is the guy who got screwed last year. So I, you know, I am extra rooting for him because yeah, he got it's he got stuck with the COVID year with the five round draft. I, mm-hmm. I feel bad for players like him. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he had a, he has a pretty good track record. But just to kind of go into what I saw, um, so shout out to Joe Donovan again. Um, he really went to how Mason. He's really enjoyed catching Mason based on the fact that he can throw any of his pitches whenever he wants. And Donovan also gave me a certain tell about a new pitch that Hickman has added because Hickman was fastball, slider, curveball, but he added it. He's he's working on a changeup also. Hmm. That's Hickman is in some regards the most fascinating player in that class because for people who are mildly familiar with uh, college baseball, Mason Hickman was Vandy's ace last year. It was not lighter. It was not rocker. It was Mason Hickman. So he's um, the guy I mean, who kept uh, them. I, he was, and I understand his stuff is not there, but he was just so productive for them that uh, it, it, I'm curious to see what the Indians can do. He's a big guy. There, there's a chance for maybe some more growth, and you already see that with a, a pitch addition. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even just. Um, I mean, the only thing I wouldn't say was good in terms of his stuff is mostly his fastball velocity, but it, his stuff seems to play. Um, he's he shows such a dominance that I've seen of him uh, during the game on Sunday where he was just going through guys. Um, it was very stress-free. It was very low stress. And that's kind of what him, Tanner Brands, and Logan have displayed so far. And it's not just they're just blowing, they're just outmatching guys with their stuff. They're, they're, they're pitching. They're, they're really pitching. These guys know how to pitch and throw. These guys are really Indians guys to the T just kind of based on the traits that they have and possess and, their willingness to already tinker with things in the arsenals and stuff as well. You really, you, you can see it kind of just what the Indians want in pitchers. And yeah. What it's they, and what they target. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, as I watched that class unfold, it was just like, okay, what I love about the class is, you know, these weren't necessarily Logan the Allen. Most talented was, guys on the I, board, but yeah, but they're, like they're Logan, guys at the 
Hogan Edition was an amplifier. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm oh, no, it's one. totally fine. I was just going to say, the guy Logan Allen is like a fringe first rounder and Tanner Burns about the same. Uh, so it's like you know, they got good relative values, but what makes them great picks is it just it they know what they do well and they got guys who fit well. They they have not gotten three arms like this in the class. Now I don't want to hang this on them, so I'm not saying it's gonna happen like this, but the last time they got three arms kind of like this was when they got uh Savali Bieber and Andrew Landrip, who got hurt and ended his baseball career. But that's the last time they really went out and got three guys kind of that were that much their type of guys. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're going to draft too. Yeah. Yeah. Plesak was the, but he was hurt for most of college. So he was a little bit, a little bit. um, And he was a two-way player. Yeah. I I actually never saw him pitch. I only saw him as an outfielder at Ball State uh, when he was there. I never managed to catch one of his starts. But yeah, uh, it's, that's what I love. And that's, said Lake County, uh, the pitching, it's easy to get there. I did notice statistically, you know, the player you told us to look out for at the start of the year, the first guy you want to talk about, Jose Tenya, uh, offensively, uh, I know they've had some injuries, but he's standing out really going amongst all of those guys, especially when you, like, technically he's got the second highest OPS on the team, but he's doing that at a young age where the center fielder, Will uh, Brennan, who was a two-way guy at Kansas State, I want to say, uh, you know, is a bit older than him. So uh, just wanted to give you some props that that player is performing and, and really doing an interesting job. Yeah, um, so, yeah, Jose Tanya is standing out again. Um, when I talked to him in the first game interview to be a translator, he emphasized how he wanted to go up the middle and also work on swing decisions in order to draw more walks and also um, attack on more droppable bitches to the swing and everything. Um just based on his contact skills, um, which is kind of a thing that contact guys tend to get plagued with. And I think he has like 120 WRC plus right now based on three hits, he, based on the productive week he had. But um, he stood out to me. Um, Brian Rocchio starting to warm up a bit. He had a really good week over the past week. Aaron Bracho did also. And I like Aaron Bracho a lot. Um, just out of the infielders, he's my favorite on the team, um, just based on so it's hit it with the on-base skills and the raw power he has and stuff. And the way he um, has multiple swings and certain counts is really cool, too. It's, it's kind of, um, you know what I mean, mercedes how he kind of changes things up in certain counts. No, oh, that's that's awesome to hear. He's I think he's the one who missed, like, that whole season due to injury, or he might yeah. already be in double-A. Yeah, and he, had that, such- and he got the highest bonus of everybody in that 2017 signing yeah. class. Didn't, um, you know, the kind of one of the forgotten guys, I feel like, just because there's so many good infielders, didn't uh, Reynaldo Gatto have a, a good Sunday as well? Or yeah, he, he just did. had a big had, home run? Um, he had two hits, four RBIs. He had a couple walks also. I think he got on base in almost every play appearance he had, but he was really good. And talking to him during the, um, during the post-game conference as well, he was really good also. And he translated for me for Jose Tana, which is really cool. So shout out Reynaldo Gatto. Yeah, he's, like I said, he, I think he was a six-round pick, and he was the highest bonus they've ever given a six-rounder, which says a lot for him. I Don't go look at the box scores and think these guys are underperforming. Just understand it's a win, and a lot of these players have been very aggressively pushed. So I know, like I talked about, how Jose Tenia or Will Brendan are playing well, and some other guys are struggling a bit, or their numbers appear to be struggling. I, I just want to give that level. It's like, let's. it's also been under 30 games, which is not enough to really take anything away from but this, to me, is still by far the most interesting team uh, to get to follow, to look at. One could make a case that they have a legitimate prospect at every single position on the diamond 
it's it's almost unheard of to see that yeah it, it is and this team isn't just talented it's also very young too they have like five of the ten youngest players in high east and i know i've said this so many times but it's really cool to see just how 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 young these guys are and you know them jumping up to their probably their first full taste of full season ball their first taste of full season ball along with being in upper minors and you know just how things are changing the norms are changing so much and also with them being back and playing after that almost two-year layover it's just it's just a lot to um to track and this is very exciting to have all the data back again and no. to have minor league baseball back again no i agree it's it's so much fun it's like i said that's just it's one of the best squads in terms of just pure talent level and prospects i've seen in recent memory uh, this was another fantastic chat. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on and joining me as my co-host, Pat. Tell them again where they can find uh, you and then through your Twitter, find your work. Um, So you can find me at tangible underscore, you know, that's T-A-N-G-I-B-L-E underscore U-N-O. In my bio, there's a link for clippings where you can find all my work and what I do and uh, the links to my podcast account, my Twitter Um for the podcast, the YouTube account, and my medium articles and everything. Everything I do, every website I've ever written for, and all my stuff is there, and I want a single link for you to find. So, yeah. So go to make sure to go check that out. I've been Jeff Ellis. Uh, this has been the Lockdown Indians podcast, and for the next year, 